about three or four verses, and then I'll let you sit down. And uh, we're going to talk about problems today. Problems, problems, problems. James chapter 1, and we'll begin in verse number 1. James 1, verse number 1, all the way to the back, almost to the book of Revelation. <clears throat> You'll find the little book of James. We'll look in the first chapter and verse number 1. If you're glad to be in the house of God this morning, say amen. amen. My dad used to say growing up he'd rather be here than the best jailhouse in town. Amen. Best, best, listen, I'd rather be here than any hospital in town. I'd rather be here than anywhere. Amen. James chapter 1 and verse number 1. When you get there, say amen. amen. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, now these are some of the hardest words in the Bible to read. Uh, if you've ever been in that place of difficulty and been in that place where your problems were so big you felt like you was going to drown in the middle of it, uh, this is hard to read and hard to comprehend. He said, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations. The word temptations, there's trials, difficulties, hardships, problems. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect, and the word there is not mean without failure or without faults or without mistakes. The word perfect there means complete or mature. It says, have its perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing or lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Dear Heavenly Father, help us today. Lord, we need your word. We need your anointing, especially your anointing. God, we've got an outline, but it don't mean anything without your spirit upon it. God, I pray that we can use these thoughts to help us and encourage us, Lord. We're going to face another week of fighting the devil. We're going to face another week of struggling. We're going to face another week of uh, in the battlefield for you. And I pray, Lord, that your will be done today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Boy, I'm glad you're all here today. And uh, we're going we're gonna, to uh, uh, preach as fast as we can if you'll listen as fast as you can. Uh, uh, I thank God for this week. Had a great week. And uh, I thank God that we do have a lot to be thankful for. If God never gave us anything on this earth but salvation, that was plenty enough. It's not, listen, he didn't just help us to escape a place called hell. He's preparing us a home in heaven. And I'm glad for that. Amen. I want to preach this morning. We, we've been uh, trying our best. The Lord has been directing and, and guiding and, and giving us messages that have to deal with developing the Christian and maturing the Christian. Uh, two weeks ago, we said we talked about pride and how uh, we have to develop or, or deal with pride in our own life. God does not like pride. Uh, it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. God wants us to deal with our pride. Last week we talked about what we're passionate for. Uh, passionate for the things of God and how we should uh, uh, treat things that we take hold of. The Bible says, whatever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Do it with the best you can, the best you can. Then today, uh, the Lord all week long, uh, the Lord has impressed on my heart about preaching about problems. Problems. I told Brother Dorgan, I said, I hate doing this because every time I preach on something, that's what I'm going to have to deal with for the next couple of weeks. And I want to preach on grace and mercy and all that. You know, when you preach on problems, you know what we're going to face this week? 
problems. Amen. But we, we just do what God says to do and go with it. Amen. Uh, a young Christian, a young Christian was attempting to uh, get into the peach growing business. He worked hard, invested everything he had in a peach orchard, which, and it blossomed beautifully. I mean, everything looked perfect, but then came a frost, and it destroyed the entire crop. He did not go to church the next Sunday, nor the next. So the pastor went to see him, found out why. The young fellow said, Pastor, I'm not coming to church anymore. Do you think I can worship a God who cares so little for me that he would let a frost kill all my peaches? The preacher looked at him for a few moments in silence and then said so kindly, Son, God loves you better than he loves your peaches. You see, God understands that while peaches can grow without frost, uh, men cannot grow without trials. God is not in the business of growing peaches, son. He's in the business of growing Christians. One of the biggest misconceptions uh, that there is, I believe, in Christianity today, uh, one of the biggest mistakes we make as young Christians is to feel like or think that when you get saved, all your problems are over. That is the, that is the exact opposite. Because once you get saved, you are now on the opposite side of the devil. If you're not going to have problems with anything, you're going to have problems with the devil. But, listen, God uses problems, problems that come our way. Listen, this is not, this is not something that we need to uh, treat like Charlie Brown. One day, Linus and Charlie Brown were walking along, and, and they were chatting with one another, and, and Linus said, I don't like to face problems head on. I think the best way to solve problems is to avoid them. In fact, that is the, the distinct philosophy of mine. No problem is too big or so complicated it cannot be run away from. Amen. You know what? That's what a lot of us do. We face a problem and we just try to hide it or we try to avoid it or we try to ignore it. How many of y'all realize that most of the problems that you ignore just turn into bigger problems? They just end up that way. That's the way it is. You say, well, why does God want us to face problems? Uh, there are many, many reasons, and we're going to talk about just a few of them here today. But if you're taking notes, I want you to, I want you to write these couple things down, and I want to share with you. And as I was looking at this and studying this, man, God showed me some things uh, that I believe will help us and encourage us here this morning. Number one, number one, I want you to see in verse number two, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptation. The word divers there is the word which means multicolored. Multicolored or various, uh, uh, various items in different ways. And what is he saying? You're going to fall, you're going to come across, you're going to get into many different problems. Problems come in every shape and size. Problems are always unexpected. Problems are always unavoidable. Uh, problems are always unpredictable. You don't know what in the world is going to come. Everything's going good one day. Everything's going fine one day. Your life is going great. You think everything's going the way you ought to be. And, and listen, you got the tiger by the tail and everything's wonderful. Then all of a sudden, boom, your life turns upside down. Something happens. Some situation comes your way. Maybe you get bad news from here. Maybe this situation. And I went back and I, I, I went and I looked at the life of Job. The life of Job. Job was a, a righteous man. Probably one of, the, one, of the, one of the men who walked the closest to God than probably anybody that ever walked on this planet. But do you know what? He had a bunch of problems. A bunch of problems. Now, listen, I, I, I said, Lord, why do you want me to talk about these different problems that he had? Because sometimes when we face these particular problems, we think that we're not right with God. 
Or we think we're the only one that's ever going through this. But I got news for you. You're not the Lone Ranger when it comes to problems. What kind of problems do we see that Job had? Well, Job had financial problems. He had financial problems. The Bible says that he lost everything he had. He was a farmer. He was an agriculturalist. He had everything as far as camels and cattle and and sheep and oxen and all these things. He was one of the richest men in the East. And in a moment of time, in the blink of an eye, he went bankrupt. Bankrupt. I'm talking about just like that. Just like it was in the days of the Depression, people that had uh, multi-millionaires went bankrupt. In the moment of time, he had financial problems. He had issues that had to do with finances. I know without a shadow of my doubt, listen, a doubt that right now in the time we're living in, there are people struggling with financial problems. We, we have people in our church that are laid off. We have people in our church where their, their businesses are not doing what they were a year ago. Uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to find out or look on TV and see the economy and see everything that's going on there uh, with everything that's going on. We do not need to freak out. We do not need to fizzle out. We need to understand that God is in control of everything. God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory. He is not going to let you down. But I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't either, but God has a way. God had a prophet beside a brook who a raven brought his food every single day. That was an unorthodox buffet. Say amen. It doesn't matter. It's not up to you. It's up to our God in heaven. He is our father and I am his child. And he has promised that he will not let me down. Listen, Brother Kenny, you were talking about, we told you it was going to happen when you go to college. Son, finances are going to be, it's just going to be that way because God is teaching you faith and he's developing faith and he has not let you down. You may not be eating steak. You may not be eating that Carabas. It may be peanut butter and jelly one day, chicken one day and feathers the next, but I promise you this, God won't let you down. Financial problems. But you know, Job wasn't the only one with financial problems. The disciples had problems. They had to go to the Lord to pay their taxes. They had to go fishing and get, get money out of a fish's mouth to pay their taxes. You say, preacher, but it's, it's, it's bad. I know it's bad, but God's got a plan. Sometimes we create our own financial problems. Sometimes we spend foolishly and we don't do what God says to do. We, we can't be that way. I believe with all my heart one of the biggest problems that we have right now in our nation and, and the reason we are in the financial crisis we are is because people were very foolish with their spending. People's eyes were bigger than their wallet, and we can't be that way. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Finances, financial problems. Job said, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He knew what he was talking about. Financial problems has to do with our responsibilities. But then I find in, in the book of Job, we find that Job not only had financial problems, but he had family problems. Uh Uh-oh. Boy, it's a quiet we can have devotion now, ain't it? See, you thought you was the only one with family problems. Job had problems with his wife. Look out. Job had problems with his friends. He had family problems. I went to looking for some more. You know, David had family problems. Do you realize Abraham had family problems? Abraham had problems with his wives. I said plural, wives. That means you don't need but one. Say amen. Wives. He had problems. Listen, he had problems with his nephew. They were squabbling and squalling. Are are y'all with me? He had family problems. Mary and Martha. 
Mary and Martha, two sisters squabbling over uh, who's working the most. Does that sound familiar, parents? They ain't helping me clean up my room. Want to choke them all, say amen. (laughs) Family problems. Listen, sometimes we get bent out of shape thinking our family's weird because we have problems. You know who's going to have family problems? Those with the family. Family problems. Not only family problems, the prodigal son's family. They had problems. And I believe he was a good daddy. That's why the prodigal son wouldn't stay where he was and be that stupid. The Bible said he went to a far country to get ignorant. Say amen. amen. Even with a good parent. Sometimes, sometimes. And parents, by the way, uh, I know the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go, but every child has a free will. And you need to understand, sometimes, sometimes, no matter how good a job you do, they still have a choice. They still have a free will. Say, preacher, what can I do? Well, we can't kill them. Say amen. You're going to have to pray for them. You're going to have to pray for them. But don't think you're a bad Christian or don't think that, uh, that, that you're a bad person if you have family problems or financial problems. Sometimes financial problems will cause family problems. The number one reason, the number one reason for divorce and and marital problems to this day right now in our country is money. Because money causes problems, especially when there's a lack of it. I know it doesn't, money don't buy happiness, but it knocks the edge off of poverty. Say amen. And when there's no money, there's pressure. Pressure on paying the bills, pressure on this, pressure on that. And it brings problems in the family. But then Job not only had financial problems, which had to do with the responsibilities, but then family problems would had to do with relationships. But he had fitness problems. He had a health issue. He had sore boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Sometimes fitness has to do with our recklessness. We don't take care of our bodies like we should. Sometimes we have uh, problems in that area. We, we see that in the life of Timothy. Job had health problems. Hezekiah had health problems. He was going to die and he sought the face of God and and God gave him a second chance. But then we see Timothy. Timothy, you say, why did he have stomach problems? Because he was pastoring a church. Say amen. Paul told him, he said, son, you need to take a little wine for thy stomach's sake, not often infirmities. I tell you what, sometimes we'll worry ourselves to death. Do I have a witness? There are more people getting on Valium. There are more people getting on antidepressants than anything else in this world because they're worrying their selves to death. And it'll affect your health faster than anything else in this world. We've got to be careful with our fitness. We've got to be careful with our family problems and understand, listen, we're not the only ones going through this. Say, preacher, is there a variety of problems? Sure. The Bible says when you fall into divers' temptations, many different kinds of problems. But then it says this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Number two, I want to share with you the value of problems. The value of problems. I know you don't think they're valuable. I know you don't think that, that, that you need them. I, I, I always... Uh, math was not my favorite subject. All right, all right. Uh, And you know why? Because math was full of problems. And I felt like in my life I had enough of them already. Are y'all with me this morning? But 
My problem was I failed to recognize the value of problems. Problems. You say, what? How is, how is, how is problems valuable? What, how, what, how can they help me today? Well, this is what problems will do for you. A, it motivates. Write that down. It motivates. There is nothing like a problem that will motivate somebody to seek the Lord. For instance, for instance, even an atheist, when something happens, the first thing they'll say, Oh my God! Now wait a minute, don't be calling somebody you don't believe in. But that's what we do. Even the first instinct we have is to call upon somebody who's bigger than we are. It's amazing to me how many people went to church right after them two planes flew into them towers. It's amazing to me what happens when, 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 when everything goes wrong and we go broke. It's amazing to me how much we need God when our family's falling apart. When our kids get stupid on us. Are y'all with me? We don't need God as long as the bills are paid. We don't need God as long as everybody's healthy. Man, we, have, we, we don't have time for all this because we are too busy, but then you let a tragedy take place. When a tragedy takes place, they don't call the, uh, uh, the, the paramedics first. They do not call mom and dad first. They do not call family first. The first person they will call is the preacher. When tragedy takes place. Why? Because they feel like that he has a connection or he has an inroad when it comes to God. Amen? What will problems do for us? It'll motivate us to seek God. It'll motivate us to pray. Brother Barnes, do you have those verses up there? If you can put them up there for me. Watch what the Bible says in the book of Psalms 119. Before I was afflicted, I went what? How many of y'all have noticed that before? Even in your own life. Sometimes when everything's going fine, everything's going great, everything's going good. Boy, I tell you, we'll be in our own mind, in our own world, not caring about the things of God or what God wants in our life. But it says... When, after I was afflicted, I have kept thy word. Now watch this one. Watch the next one. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. Now how many of y'all ever said that? Man, thank God that tragedy happened. I'll tell you. We had one. We had one Wednesday night. We had one. Am I right, Uh, 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 Brother Donnie? Lawrence? Somebody prayed about a tragedy that took place in their life. And they said, I thank God for this because it got me where I'm supposed to be. Listen, problems will motivate us. Sometimes we need a little motivation. Would y'all agree with that? Listen, it is good for me that I have been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes. What else does does problems do? And I promise you we're going to get into what we need to, how to deal with those problems in just a second. But I want to share with you the value of problems. Problems motivate. Then then B, watch this. This is the main purpose of problems. It matures. It matures. Watch what the Bible says in verse number number 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work. In other words, it's doing something. It's, It's working something in your life. That ye may be perfect, or what I say, complete, Mature, develop, and entire, wanting nothing or lacking nothing. The Bible says this in James 1, 4. Or excuse me, Ephesians 4, verse 13. 
till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man or a complete man under the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. What does that mean? Every problem you face transforms you and matures you and molds you into the image of his son. Have you ever noticed as you were reading the gospels, uh, at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you ever noticed as, as the disciples were walking with Christ, they faced one problem after another. They faced a storm and a sea. They faced hungry people without enough food to feed them. They faced, uh, listen, problem after problem after problem. They faced a demoniac there after they come off the Mount of Transfiguration. It was one problem after another. Why? God was using them problems to develop their maturity in their life so they will be a strong Christian. When a, when a soldier goes to basic training, what do they do? They learn how to solve problems. They learn how, to, how to, to survive in the wilderness. They learn how to stay warm in the snow. They learn how to stay warm without shelter. They learn how to swim without a boat. Say amen. I mean, it's one thing after another. It's one problem-solving experience after another. Why? Because they know when they get in the midst of battle, they're going to have to be able to survive out there, and they've got to be able to solve problems problems do you realize your worth your worth is determined by the problems you can solve you ever thought about that your worth is determined by the problems you can solve for instance a man in new york city he's a garbage man excuse me he's a sanitation engineer say amen listen he gets twenty dollars an hour in new york city Sanitation engineer, he solves a problem. He solves a sanitation problem. He gets the garbage, takes care of that. But then a, another man in the same city, probably, uh, uh, probably in the same area, he is a lawyer. And he gets $200 an hour. Why? He can solve a different type problem. Are you all with me? What do you say? What does all that mean? It means this. As you're growing as a Christian... Your ability to solve problems determines your level of maturity. Hello? Y'all still here? I remember, I remember when I, uh, I took Long Branch Baptist Church. It was so flattering to me that these people would want uh, me as a pastor. I was 21 or 22, I guess. And then it never really dawned on me at the time that the reason they wanted me because nobody else would take it. Amen? Uh, but I didn't think of that. They wanted me. Amen? And I, I went, and I was excited. Uh, uh, man, I'm telling you, uh, out of Bible college, and, and uh, man, I thought everybody would like me because God had called me and everything. And, and I found out just because God called me didn't mean everybody would like me. Amen? I found out that quick. And, and, boy, we had a problem here and a problem there. And at that particular time, those particular problems I thought was the end of the world. I did. I thought, well, Lord God, this is it. I, it's, I, I, I mean, I just about fell apart. I would have, I, I'd have butterflies in my stomach the size of buzzards. And I mean, it was, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? And we got through it. God got us through it. I mean, we worked it out. Everything, everything was fine. And I can look back now 
after going through all that and going through some different, I can look back down. If that thing came up today, it would be nothing. Now, what do you think the lion or the bear would look after David killed Goliath? He'd say, come here, kitty cat. I got something for you. Because the kitty cat ain't very big when it comes to killing Goliath. And sometimes we face issues and problems in our life not to destroy us. The devil will use it to destroy you, but God will use it to develop you. Who do you think wrote, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is as a roaring lion roaming about seeking whom he may devour. You know who wrote that? A man by the name of Peter. A man who had the devil's claws and fangs in his back, so he knew about it. God had told him, Peter, I know your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. Satan had desired to have thee, they may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. And you know what? Peter went through a bad problem. He faced a difficulty, and some of us thought he failed. But I'm here to tell you, he come throughout all right because Jesus was praying for him. That way he could stand one day and tell you, be careful because he's after you. And you're going to face a problem. And you're going to get victory over that problem. Because one day somebody else is going to go through that same problem. And you're going to be able to stand and test. And I said, let me tell you what God did for me. God who comforts us in all our tribulation. That we may be able to comfort others in that same tribulation. Church, say amen. What's the value of problems? It motivates. It gets us to where we need to be. It helps us when we stray to come back to God like we should. It matures. It develops maturity in our life. You know, people that have faced difficulty... That's one, reason, that's one reason why so many times a seasoned coach does a lot better in a big game than somebody who's never been there. Because he's felt it before. He's seen it before. He's been there before. And he knows how to handle the situation. I was, I was told an illustration. Y'all know I like to coon hunt. And, uh, and, and, and I, I, I go coon hunting every now and then. And, and uh, uh, help me now. Uh, Brother Mark, uh, uh, red hot eye knot. Who who hunts that dog? Who, who, uh, Josh, you remember? You know who I'm talking? Okay, Al Nunman. That's his name. All right, the guy's won a world hunt before. I mean, just just incredible, just big time coon hunter. Knows the rules upside down, around, and all all that kind of thing. Uh, uh, a good friend of mine uh, told me one day he was in a cast with him. He, he they picked him to be the judge. And, and all of a sudden, right in the middle of the cast, there was dogs treed everywhere. And I mean, he, he, he just got so flustered and he didn't know. He, he said, man, he said, I didn't know what to do. And that gentleman said, what do you think about this? What do you think if we do such and such and such and such and such and such? I mean, just laid it all right there, what needed to be done. He said, that sounds like a plan to me. Amen. Now, what was the difference? This man had been there. This man had faced those this man had faced those problems before, and he knew how to handle it. Now listen, don't think you're going to go through life with no problems, because you're going to have problems. Because God don't want you to get lazy. God wants you to get stronger and stronger and stronger. A, a lady that, that, that I went to church with when I was a little bitty fella, she'd sing that song, Lord, don't move that mountain. How many of y'all have ever heard that song? Lord, don't move that mountain. Just give me strength to climb. For if you should move each mountain, I would grow weaker every time. We need that. We need problems to help us grow 
to help us strengthen. Sometimes we need things to keep us agitated, to keep us fresh. I know it it pained me just to say that just now. Amen. I I read a story. I read a story about some uh, uh, merchantmen who were trying to ship uh, uh, some fish from uh, the east coast to the west coast. I believe it was uh, codfish. They were wanting to have that same taste that they had on the East Coast over to the West Coast. So first they froze it and sent it over. It did not taste the same. So they got this idea. Well, we'll put them in a tank alive and ship them across there alive in a tank. And boy, they'll be fresh then. But they found out they wasn't. They still did not taste the same. The meat was mushy. It was just blah. It just wasn't the same. Well, somebody got this bright idea. Maybe, maybe they're just not moving around enough on the trip. So they took what was a, a certain type catfish that was a natural enemy to the codfish. And they put a few of those catfish in the tank with those codfish. Listen, a natural enemy to them. To do what? To aggravate them. And by the time they got over to the West Coast, man, they were fresh and ready because they'd been aggravated the whole way. I need a witness. Some of y'all need a little aggravation. Some of y'all need something to keep your mind on what... Are y'all with me? Come on now. I know I'm not preaching to myself only. I'm preaching to me, but I'm preaching to everybody. Help us now. Sometimes we need something there to help us, keep us motivated to be what God wants us to be. Then last of all, what do we do with our problems? What was number one? Give me number one. How many of y'all see there is a variety of problems we're going to face in life? Number two, we see the... How many of y'all see the value in our problems? All right, now what do we do with them? When we run into them, when we face them, what do we do with our problems? All right, look at this. The Bible says, the Bible says in verse 4, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, if any of you lack wisdom, let him, say it again, let him, You know what? Sometimes we need to learn how to pray. Pray. How many of y'all have ever heard heard somebody say, Well, boy, all we can do now is... And you know, that's what we should have done in the first place. I have people come into my office all the time. Maybe problems with their kids. Maybe problems with their marriage. Maybe problems with their uh, partnerships at work. Maybe... Maybe just issues that they have. Maybe maybe bad news from the doctor. and I mean, they're just wringing their hands and biting their fingernails and, and just sweating bullets and, and, and just worrying to death. And, 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 and well, preacher, but what, what do we... I said, have you prayed about it? And they'll get this dumbest look on their face. And you know what? That's the first thing we need to do. Now, I'm not saying that's the easiest thing to do because we don't want to do that because we're human. We want to fix it ourselves. We want to do this and we want to do that. We want, to, we want to try to do everything but talk to Him. And you notice the way this is phrased? It doesn't say, Lord, it doesn't say pray that the problem will be over. It doesn't say pray God take away the problem. What did it say to ask for? What did it say in that verse? What did it say? Wisdom. Wisdom. Now, wisdom is not the same as knowledge. Because we're going to talk about that in just a second. It's not the same as knowledge. Don't give me more knowledge. You know what wisdom is? Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. 
I've had people that had more knowledge than a Webster's Dictionary, but they were so dumb they wouldn't come out to rain. Say amen. Wisdom is not just having knowledge. There's a lot of people with a lot of knowledge. They just don't know how to use it. And when it comes to problems, we are to pray, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Why do you need wisdom? To not waste the problem. Don't waste the problem. If we waste the problem, we stay immature. For instance, uh, Jonah. Jonah went through a major problem. Are y'all with me? He gave stomach problems to a fish. He was swallowed by the fish. So you believe that happened just as, just as much as I'm standing here today? Listen, there's some things in the Bible you're going to believe because you understand it, but there's other things you're going to believe just by faith. You're going to trust God with it. But do you realize when he went and did what God wanted him to do, he went and preached to Nineveh, and he expected God to bring uh, fire and brimstone down. I mean, they repented and did what he said for them to do. But you know what he did? He pouted about it. Well, God, when are you going to kill them all? Then, listen, he pouted about everything that was there. And you know what? When we deal with our problems in the wrong way, we stay immature. And pouting is an immature characteristic. Impatience is an immature characteristic. Hello? Y'all still with me? And if we don't have wisdom when the trouble comes, when the problem comes, then we're not going to deal with it right. We're not going to learn from it. We're not going to gain what God is trying to teach us through the problem. Preacher, what do I do when the problem comes? Number one, pray. Say that with me. Number one. Number one. Number one. Pray. pray. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Ask and it shall be given you. You have not because you ask not. Pray without ceasing. The Bible says be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, uh, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Boy, when Peter got thrown in jail, the church prayed. When problems come, they prayed. When they went into the bottom of the jail, Paul and Silas prayed. We need to learn to get back to old-fashioned Bible praying. Bring our problems to Him. Cast all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Church, say amen. Listen, make your request known unto God. Pray, pray, pray. Then be to get in the nitty gritty, y'all. I'm almost done. Patience. We need, to, we need to not only pray, but B, we need to process. Now this is where some of y'all may get a little sideways. Because it's real spiritual to say, well, I'm praying about it. But do you realize there's something you can do too? We need to, I heard a man say one time, we need to pray like everything depends on God and work like everything depends on us. All right? What are you talking about processing? Watch this right here. Watch this right here. Proverbs 16, 20. Proverbs 16, 20. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Proverbs 18, 13. Watch this. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it. It is folly and shame unto him. Now, 
what's the subject of today? Problems. All right? So when we, when we face a problem, when we face a problem, first thing we do is pray. We pray that God gives us the wisdom to deal with the problem. Then the second thing we do is process. What are we processing? Facts. Say that with me. This is not the time to get touchy-feely. This is the time to get Joe Friday. The facts, ma'am, just the facts. Do you know what we do when we get into problems? We start getting in touch with our feelings. This is how I feel about it. Well, how you feel about it is irrelevant because your feelings will never fix a problem. Especially if it's a serious problem. I talked to Brother McCormick one day. I mean, this man faces problems like you would not believe. I would say, Lord, take me straight to heaven today if I had to deal with his problems. I mean, just incredible things he has to deal with. I said, man, what's the secret? When the pressure's building up, when you think you're going to explode and and, and the problems seem so big that you can't... Man, when you get that feeling, what do you do? He said, stay cool, calm, and collected. Yeah. Yeah. He said, you cannot fix a problem when you're emotional wreck. Emotions running wild has never fixed a problem. You cannot think properly. You cannot operate properly. Now, this may, this may curl some hair right here, but this is one of the reasons why God put the man as the leader in the home. Because it, he don't understand feelings. And all the women said, Tammy will come to me with a problem. Is she in here? All right. Tell it all, brother, tell it all. Amen. And she'll be sharing something with me. I said, okay, well, what? And I want to get Joe Friday on, man. Give me my notebook and pen. All right, let's, what's, the deal? what's the facts on this? She don't want the facts. And I'm beginning to think she don't want to fix the problem. She just wants to tell me about it. Hello. She just wants to share her feelings. Well, that's, that's cool because that's the way God designed her. That's the way God made her. It's, it's that way. But do you realize you cannot fix problems with feelings? Now, now going to get a little tight right here but you got to understand something when you face all right let's just talk about those things financial problems family problems fitness problems you know in all three of those the last thing we want to hear somebody tell us is the truth people come to my office and and tell me all kind of things and boy they'll open up and their feelings are running wild and i mean they're sharing all kind of things and i'll sit there and say all right let's let's get to the facts what are the facts here and they'll get mad at me don't you care how i feel i said yeah but feelings won't fix nothing you've got to process facts you've got to hear the matter get the whole deal amen for instance finances finances feeling is I deserve them shoes I deserve that fishing rod I deserve that coon dog puppy didn't you see how he looked at me well we can rationalize anything I remember one time I brought a dog home and I tried to appeal to Tammy's 
She likes animals too. I said, this man was abusing this dog. If you should have seen the surroundings. I, I rescued this dog. I didn't buy this dog. I saved its life. Oh, what tangled web we weave when at first we try to deceive. Amen. It's amazing when it comes to our problems and somebody tries to get us to nail down the facts, then we get sideways with the person that's trying to help us. Listen, God has a, God has a fix for every problem in that book. But here's what we got to do. We got to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Preacher, What's the, what's the fix for my finances? It's called work. That's what the Bible says. If a man uh, don't work, he don't need to eat. I know that's very unpolitical, but I'm not here to be political. I'm just here to tell you what the Bible says. Well, I tell you what, I've, 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 I'm sitting here praying that God will bring me something. Well, that, that ain't what you need to do. You need to pray that God brings you something, then you need to go out and look for it. Well, I did. Well, keep doing it. And that, y'all got my back, right? You got big guy right there? Y'all got my back? All right. Look here. Sometimes you got to do what you have to do till you can do what you want to do. Well, I don't like painting. Do you like eating? Well, I don't like this or I don't like that. Man, the next time I hear that, I'm going to throw up. Do you know what we're teaching our kids? We're teaching our kids, well, if you don't like to do that, you don't have to do that. Somebody else will pay your bills. Listen, the Bible's very clear on this. It don't do any good just to pray if God said, okay, here it is. For instance, for instance, I'll give you an illustration. A man on top of a roof and a flood coming. man coming man come by in an airboat man come by in an airboat said look come on he said no I'm praying God will deliver me okay he went here a man come by listen in a, in a, in a, 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 a big boat one of them big nice uh, rescue boats come by and he said nope I'm praying God, God will deliver me and then last of all a helicopter came by with one of them last. said come on man the flood's coming he said no I'm praying God will deliver me he, well okay flood killed him he got to heaven, standing there before God. He said, God, I asked you to help me. He said, son, I sent an airboat, a rescue boat, and a helicopter. What more could I do? Sometimes we not only need to pray, but we need to get all the facts. But see, we need to pursue. Pursue. Pursue the truth you discover. For instance, if you're having family problems, and you study the Word of God, and the Word of God will tell you what the problem is, what you need to fix or change or deal with or, or get out of your life or put into your life. It won't do you any good in your problem if you don't do what you read. All the counsel in the world will not help you if you're not willing to follow the counsel. I know this is not easy to hear. I know we've gotten to this. I don't know why we've gotten to this place, but we've gotten to this place where, well, I'm going to just pray and sit on my, my rear and, and, and everything's going to be all right. That's not Bible. The Bible says God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. That's not, that's not a, 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 a blank check for everybody just to sit back and do nothing. 
Matter of fact, that verse is talking about those who were giving to the work of God, those who were sacrificing for the ministry. God said, He will supply all of your need. Amen. I would encourage you this, and I'm not telling you this because I hate you. I'm telling you this because I love you, and you're going to face these problems. One great book that I've read, an incredible book, is the book, Who Moved the Cheese? I know it sounds funny. But the, the book describes, and I'll let you, you can buy it and read it, but it talks about changes in life. Sometimes life changes. These two people go to this cupboard, and, and, and they get their cheese, and that cheese represents their job or, or their, that what brings them satisfaction in life. Then one day the cheese is gone. Well, one person goes out to look for more cheese. The other one keeps going back to the cupboard saying, who moved the cheese? Where are you at? Are you wondering why life changed? Are you wondering if life will ever come back to where it was? Usually from experience, I found out life usually don't ever go back to what it was. And sometimes we have to learn to change with it. Sometimes we have to adjust. Sometimes we have to change our lifestyles. People are losing their mind and going into depression because they're trying to stay in a lifestyle where they were here, but now their finances are here. You can't do that. When you seek out the facts and you find out what the facts are about your problems, then you need to pursue the truth about those facts. Husbands, if you find out you've been rude to your wife and mean to your wife and you have not loved her like Christ loved the church, you need to get an attitude adjustment. You can't just pray and then keep treating your wife the same way. Amen. Amen. Good thing we only got one left. Amen. Victory in our problems. Pray. What's the first thing we do? We need to pray. Amen. A, we need to. B, we need to. Do y'all understand that point? Get all the information about your problem. Find out everything that God says about your problem. And then C, do what the Bible says about your problem. Then last of all, last of all, we need patience. We need to learn that God has a timetable. The Bible says, Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Sometimes... Sometimes when you've prayed, sometimes when you've processed all the information, sometimes when you've tried to do what that information said, sometimes the problem is still there. Say, preacher, what do you do then? You wait on God. See, God's got a timetable. There was a man in the Bible by the name of Joseph who went through problem after problem after problem. He was lied upon, put in prison because of a lie of somebody else. And you know what he was begging? Oh, God, get me out of here. He told, he told the butler and the baker, please remember and tell, tell somebody, please do what you can to get me out of here. And you know what? 17 years, I think is what I count. I may be wrong about time, but it's about that length of time that he went through his problem. But when he waited on God, when God was through, he was sitting on the throne. God has a timetable. Abraham had to realize God has a timetable. God had tried, Abraham tried to rush God, and it just got him into more trouble. Preacher, when do we wait on God when we've done everything else that we're supposed to do? 
when we've prayed, when we've, listen, processed the information, when we've studied the problem and looked at the problem, seen where do I have a need in this problem? What does the Bible say about the problem? Then, when I've pursued what the Bible says and I've done everything the Bible says I'm supposed to do about the problem, then you wait on God and God will show up. Church, say amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much.